What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Couchside Judges on this wonderful Monday. I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me on Twitter at TheDanUrban. And I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me at Scott underscore Fontana. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe wherever you listen. And when you can, give us a five-star review. We also talk judging in MMA, so you might as well read the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. We are back after one of the most anticipated events uh, in most people's eyes. It wasn't for me. Scott is a little under the weather. Uh, he spent the weekend camping. and uh, Only half of it. It was supposed to be two days. It ended up only being the one. And that, it's all right. We're happy to have him back into civilization. Happy to be back. I had a good time. My kids had a good time. But uh, unfortunately, my, my oldest, I think, brought a cold back from his summer program. And it's now making its way through the rest of the family. It's actually my little guy who's who's got it the worst right now, so I feel for him. Poor guy. Yeah. So we saw Dustin Poirier, which I hope put to bed this trilogy between him and Conor McGregor. Doesn't I mean, really put to bed the trilogy, but doesn't I, mean it's going to be. Uh, it looks like a quadrilogy a quartet now. Soon. Yeah, or that's what it's called—a quartet. I don't know. Or whatever. It, it looks like I'm we're going to get. Don't judge me. <laughs> looks like we're going to get fight four. It, I mean, I don't think that's the fight we should get. But it, I don't think it's going to be next. It's not going to be next. It can't Connor's be next. a long time. He's got to have recovered. It, it can't be next. No, it can't. I mean, he just he's going to be on crutches for six weeks. Yep. He just did announce that his surgery went well, which, you know, that's good, good for thing. him. So but I, I, I think it's a I think it should be done. They don't need to fight anymore. But I agree. I think we I think everything was settled. I mean, yes, they're tied. But also the two most recent fights were the ones where Dustin looked good. And the old one was seven years ago. Yeah, they, they, Dustin Poirier put on a, a great fight. McGregor started strong, but, you know, the fight was definitely trending in Poirier's favor in a heavy direction, I thought. So, I agree. I, I mean, uh, we don't know what would have happened. Technically, the fight wasn't quote-unquote finished in the sense of them getting to really decide it unless, like Dustin's saying, perhaps maybe there was some sort of leg kick check element to this thing. I, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to study the tape on it. I watched it one time after I got back from, uh, like you said. Who knows? Uh, it's possible. It, it's very possible. I mean, he did hit the knee, whether it was an intentional check or just him, you know, getting some weight off his leg, whatever. Breaks his ankle or breaks his tibia, actually, and, and the fight's over. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't taking a beating for the final two and a half minutes of that round. So It was not going his way, no. So, and you don't really see Connor uh, as the type of fighter who typically is the type to surge back. So yeah. while he could have, it's not really in his... Uh, I guess fighter persona to yeah. be anything more than a front runner. Definitely, definitely was a uh, he's a fader. So I feel good in that Poirier. It wasn't going to go a fader, not a fador. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he fades. They're two different things. They're very important <laughs> They're distinctions. Really in are. But what what do you think's next for Poirier? There's only one option, right? It's got to be Charles Oliveira in the belt. Absolutely. There's, That's there's, the only thing that makes sense. He's I've said before this fight, he's the number one lightweight in the world. I think right now he's still the number one lightweight in the world. And I'm curious to see if he'll uh, be able to also match that with the belt and kind of unify that idea. It's a fight I want to see. That's a fight I get very excited for. And uh, Good, you should. And it, this whole card did live up to, the, to live up to its hype that I really wasn't catching. It was a great card, probably one of the better cards in a real long time. So top to bottom, it it's definitely I would say it's the best since uh, Oliveira won the belt a couple months back because that was oh, a really yeah, good one. That was a good one too. It was very excellent, um, and it managed to be despite uh, 
taking place in Houston, where the next one's going to be, and having some of that traditional Houston judging, which we'll be treated to <laughs> again. Yes, we will. That'll be just great. Patrick Patland, get your uh, get your card ready. Get your pen ready. Just make sure yeah, you please. write it in the opposite card of what you think it should be. <laughs> Might but, get it right. So, so Poirier. I'm settled. just bitter because I'm sick. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm being a jerk right now. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. You know. All right. So we we got Poirier Sedley, so he's going to fight Oliveira either later this year, or early next year, hopefully later this year. Uh, but McGregor seems like where do you go with him? I think there's only one option. What do you think? I think you got to close out the trilogy with Diaz, finish that story. That's the only I thing. I think, especially for him. after a fight like this, like they need to do something that has very low stakes and it's just interesting, but they can still make some money off of. Because right. I mean, shoot, what do we think of Connor? And maybe even really has left after not he's three and four in MMA his last seven fights going to going back to when he beat or after he beat, I should say Jose Aldo at the start of the Nate Diaz trilogy. And he also lost the boxing match. It's not like he's a winner anymore. What if we start to figure out, well, he's just going to lose. Why do we watch? And really win losses don't matter for either guy. No, so not in this case. And I think this, I bet it would break records. Top three pay-per-view sales. I think Diaz Connor does. Uh, I think it's skeptical of that right now. I think there's too much shine that's been taken off, especially Connor. I, I think Nate, it doesn't matter. He still brings the aura of like, whatever, I don't care. I could I could kill you in a street fight. I don't yeah. know where this leaves Connor. And I think a lot of the shtick that we saw this week, I mean, you were tired of it. You weren't into it. I wasn't into it because I don't feel it's genuine. And I think that's the case. It's really not genuine here. And I don't know that it's going to be any more genuine when he gets to yeah. the Diaz again. That's true, too. You know, I think that's a big factor. But uh, this, but it is it's still the fight to make. I still I yeah. agree. So we're settled on that. But this fight, either you know, we had you know an injury TKO, which Connor made sure it was a doctor stoppage. It still goes down as a TKO doctor stoppage. But the first round, they did turn in their scores, and two judges gave it a ten eight, and one judge, Sal D'Amato, gave it. I'm sorry, Sal D'Amato gave it a ten nine. Yeah, don't listen to Buff. Yeah, it gets I, it wrong. Got got buffer in my head. So Sal D'Amato gave it a ten nine, while Derek Cleary and Mike Bell each gave it a ten eight. Uh, which... Derek Clearly, I'm sorry. I should stay consistent, really. But uh, which way did you end up going? I saw this one as a ten nine. I I understand the reason why you could go for ten eight here, but for me, it was still a ten nine. I think it's almost a case where, and obviously the scores were handed in before they knew this anyway. Um, the two judges who gave the ten eight. I think it's easier to give a 10-8 knowing what we know about what happened to Connor's ankle. See, I think it's I th- I think it's easier to go 10-8 if you don't know what happened to his ankle. Why? I'm curious. Because when I watched it, when I first watched it live, I didn't I wasn't focused on his leg and you know, they have that exchange and you're like, "Wow, did he actually get clipped with something because he just falls back?" And you're See, like, "Oh man." I didn't think he got clipped. It, I, he fell down and I'm like, "Well, he doesn't look like hurt hurt." Like, right, yeah. I didn't know, think he was. Hurt, you know? I didn't think he was hurt, but, but also Herb Dean was he jumped he got there quick cuz Dustin you know, he, he came and started pouring it on a bit right at the end. So Herb was like, "Oh, do I got to stop this?" Uh, he didn't. But I think I, I definitely see why you go a strong case for a 10-9. Connor was landing very good on the feet, even though he got to rocked on the feet. And I thought that guillotine was a strong attempt. It was a so, good attempt. It scores. It's it's definitely a good scoring one. I think I think strategically it was a bad move. Obviously, it led to what we had with Dustin, where he scored a lot on the ground. But it does score. It, it, it was solid. And he did land some good elbows of his own from the bottom. So 
Yes, before Dustin started piling on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, he did have some offense. I can see why he goes strong 10-9. I myself went 10-8 because I, I thought Poirier did, you know, score a lot of damage. And I thought he had some good duration. Understood. But moving on from the main event, we, we didn't really have that many rounds to discuss because the judging was on point and guys were finishing fights. So, and, and, and girls, sorry, and guys and girls were finishing fights. Men and women, sir, they're grown. Apologize. Men and women, <laughs> men, men and women did finish their fights. And they also, the judges were on point. They didn't disagree on much, but there was one fight in particular that seemed to have more people a little uh, perplexed, I'd say. Did this ruffle feathers online? Because as, as we uh, said, I was, in, I was bit, in the woods. A little bit, but not not really to a, that big of a degree. Okay. The, the fight we're talking about is Brad Tavares getting a split decision win over Amari Akhmedov. Okay, so what, what was the deal? Before we even get into it, what did they think happened? So, the, well, the narrative was being painted by the color commentary, the whole commentary team, that Tavares was looking great. And I agreed with them. I thought he was looking awesome. But mm -hmm. one of the three judges scored the fight, uh, Ron McCarthy, scored the fight 29-28 for Akhmedov. Some people were like, how, how is that even possible? I could understand a 29-28 Tavares. I personally scored it 30-27. But uh, we'll get into to the actual rounds that were split amongst the judges. Yeah, so let's start with round one, right? Yeah, round one was the first one. Uh, McCarthy and Bell each gave Akhmedov a 10-9. Eric Colon, the lone judge, gave it a 10-9. How'd you see it? I gave this one to Tavares. As did I. Honestly, I just thought that he was landing with better volume, better impact most of the time. Although, you have to give Akhmedov this. He, he's certainly busted uh, up the eye a little bit. Of Tavares. So there, there's one point where Tavares gets stumbled a bit, and I, I read it as he was just off balance, that it wasn't really a, you know that high Kinda level. Kind of looked that way to me. Yeah, so I thought he was off balance, but you no know, judges cage side, maybe they see it differently. Absolutely. And think okay. that, you know, that's a big spot. You know, he landed some good shots. I just thought overall Tavares was the more effective fighter, and that's why I scored it for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I saw the same way as Eric Colon then. So that means uh, couch side override. Meh, 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 meh. Yeah, I can't do the noise to that. Scott can't do the noise. I tried. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry <laughs> for uh, for Judge Cologne not getting the uh, the siren. <laughs> uh, and we'll, then we'll sneak one in next time. Maybe we should. You know, what we should do. We should probably just record that. And the second round that was uh, contested between the judges was was round two. Round two. Okay. Uh, Ron McCarthy and Eric Cologne both saw this one for Rockmeadow. So we got another case where fighter wins on two judges scorecards for two rounds but loses the fight overall the alternate decision the alternate that I, decision that I, the, the name that i've coined yes. for it which probably should not stick <laughs> it, and and mike bell uh scored this round for Tavares, as did i how did you score it i actually had this one for akhmedov okay it's funny because i i went uh i went the opposite of mike bell for okay. this fight okay what did you see I saw it very close. It was very, very close. I, I I agree. I thought this was a close round. I think it's much closer than the first round actually is. Really? I, I agree. Or going either way, despite the fact that I went against the majority in the first round, right? Right. But I it's it's not a not a toss up because it's not really a toss up, but I think it's just one of those fights where a couple strikes here and there, maybe you see them a little differently. Okay. I think it goes one way or the other. Yeah, I thought the kicks for Tavares were adding up. I thought he was landing good punches. But Akhmedov, the ones that he were landing were, were pretty big. And on the whole, I just thought Tavares was a, a bit better. So that's how I that's saw fair. it for him. No, that's fair. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I like I liked kind of the, the they seem to be more impactful 
from Akhmanov, and that's more or less what I weighed more heavily. Okay, yeah, that's what you should do. So exactly. if you saw them more more impactful, you got it. Another fight moving on. We had uh, Jennifer Maya defeating Jessica I uh, via unanimous decision, one thirty twenty seven and two twenty nine twenty eights. The... She even made Jessica I's third eye come out <laughs> for this did. one. That was impressive. John Anik called it a quarter slot. And I was like, oh, man, I never heard of that before. That's an awesome way to call a cut. I heard that, too. <laughs> and and, uh, and I herself was actually joking about it on social media. Oh, yeah? Right. Yeah, she, she embraced sport. the third eye element to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, give her credit. So, yeah, the third round was the one that was split. Adelaide Bird and Derek Cleary saw it for Jessica I. And Sal D'Amato saw it for Jennifer Maya. What did you see? I saw this one for uh, for Jessica I. Okay, as did I. By you. Yeah, I, I saw it for I. This was a round, I thought this was her best round. She was actually landing with some force as opposed to just touching Maya, which I thought was all she was doing in the first two rounds, really. Nothing all that first, impactful. Really, the entire fight, though, every round, too. Very close. Very close. Maya, but I thought Maya was clearly the stronger striker. Landing with, with yeah, much I better agree, impact. But, but we're talking about each round not being separated by a whole right. lot. It's essentially. Yeah, essentially. right, right, right. So that really is it. And, and that's, then, that seems to be typical of a lot of Jessica I fights. She just keeps it way too close. She she doesn't separate she, enough. Yeah, she. I mean, she judging on aggressiveness and area control, if those were the major criteria, she wins. But uh, that's not how it's done. So Nope. And the final round we have to discuss is Max Griffin getting the unanimous decision over Carlos Condit, 30-27 and 2-29-28. The lone round that was contested amongst the judges was round two. Ron McCarthy. It's the only round you could even potentially give any consideration really, for yeah. Carlos Condit. Yeah, Ron McCarthy and Sal D'Amato uh, scored it for Condit, while Cleary scored it for Griffin. I also I scored it for Carlos Condit. I did too. I saw it the way of the majority. Yeah, I think it was a that was a very close round, regardless, though. So I think it was close, but I do think that we saw we saw some real good effect coming off of Condit. I felt right. pretty good about this one as a Condit round. I don't think it's bad for Derek Cleary to have gone Max Griffin here, but I felt like this was a good one, like yeah. a, like a nice solid, close but clear maybe. Yeah, the immediate impact from Carlos's shots were were much better than what Griffin was landing. I thought, and and so. again, that is of course what we weigh here, but. Judge Cleary, maybe he's seeing things are a little different from a different angle. You know, maybe Absolutely. things look a little more impactful coming off of Griffin. Absolutely. And then that really does it for all the contested rounds. The judging was fantastic. Uh, one yeah, more. Only, th- only five contested rounds out of uh, out of 19 overall. So that's that's solid. What uh, one more round we wanted to discuss. Not one more round. One more fight, really. Or one instance of a fight was Sean O'Malley getting the third round finish over Chris Matino, who was extremely game coming on, on 11 days notice. Extremely game slash just wouldn't go away. Green-haired zombie he is what I believe they called way him. too much. People had a big problem with the stoppage. With only 30 seconds left to go in the fight, people thought he deserved to get you know, to the, the finish line. Including uh, members of the commentary team. Yes, DC uh, in particular, he thought he, he deserved yes. that uh, very much. It's not the ref's job. The ref's job is not there to make sure he gets his Rocky moment. That's what I, I coined it on uh, Twitter. I, I would have liked to see him make it there. I was I was I was pulling for the kid, but you also don't want to take that much damage. I think the the main issue that people have is you let him take this damage all the way up to this point. Yeah, I would say because I when I watched this, I I didn't think it was necessarily a bad stoppage in any way, but no. I did think that it's like okay, why are you stopping it now as opposed to you know another place? Now that comes down to the referee seeing things and their expertise that. You and I don't have. 
Exactly. And I respect that. Oh, for sure. I, I just think, you know, he could, if he stopped it at the end of round one before round two started, because clearly Matino was very, very hurt there. Like, I, no one would have had a problem, I don't think. That was my thought. I, I honestly thought the fight probably ought to have just been stopped between rounds. Yeah, that, that he, he really took a beat, and the kid showed a ton of heart, but like Anik pointed out in the commentary, he probably lost some years off his career in that fight. Yeah, and so, that's a shame, because he's a young kid. But, uh... He definitely gained a big, big fans, uh, a big amount of fans that night. But O'Malley's the real deal. And that was is, a... but also, it's not even like he was playing with his food. He just couldn't put the guy he couldn't, away. He couldn't and, put him yeah, away. This is a this is a late replacement. This is someone who ought to be at a much higher level in the division than he is. I think he's being brought along slow. He called out a ton of people. So, oh sure, <laughs> but you know there were a lot of people who apparently were up for potentially having this fight. That's true, and too. Yes. it ended up being this guy. Ended up being him, uh, who I believe is actually a 25-er when he you know, has the time to actually make the cut. I'm yeah, not 100% certain on that. a natural 25-er or something like that, right? Yeah, I'm not 100% certain on that. But either way, tough kid, you know, fine stoppage. You got no issue with it. Yeah, the stoppage is fine. If you think it's weird, I'm sorry. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> you just kind of leave it in the hands of the refs to, to trust their judgment in that situation, why it was stopped at that particular moment. Yep. And so that only leaves us uh, one last thing to talk about. There were seven of them, seven finishes, six by TKO, one by submission. Finish heavy card. Did you have a finish? And that does include the Connor stoppage, which is, you know, obviously it does, finish, yeah. but it's also like kind of a, you know, a bland finish in terms right, of being yeah. exciting. It, I mean, technically it's a TKO, but doctor doctor stoppage he made sure to <laughs> made to, sure to that let before the ref yeah before he shouted that before he dove back into uh, the mud again but yeah uh, which i mean i don't agree with Stephen a smith often but i, I did agree with his assessment of that i missed that you'll actually you'll he, he, uh, again i was i was in the i was living in a tree he said he should be ashamed of himself you don't bring a man's family into uh into the fight into the I, mean, I agree talk, but so. that was also like the case before so yeah i don't know it, it, yeah where where you been crazy. Stephen a? Anyway, what was your favorite finish? Oh, it was it was Tai Shuivasa. Tai Shuivasa, I like that. I don't know why he hasn't been called this yet, but it dawned on me when I was watching him beat the crap out of Greg Hardy that he needs to be called Shuivasa. And he put him out good. There's probably other people who thought of this, but this was for me. It was an original thought. It's so an original I'm gonna, thought. I'm going to yeah. claim it for me. Tai Shuivasa, and I know I've been searching to you know get a new fighter to get behind and i like the way the guy's just chugging beers like a madman you know what people's he shoes. actually seems like the closest like other than him being a heavyweight and i think that's probably the thing that would be uh the most hardest thing for you to get behind him he seems like your guy he was saying well yeah but he, he's finishing he was saying uh anyone can get it joe asked him who's next he said anybody he don't care he'll fight anybody as long as he gets to drink some beer afterwards so didn't he say something to the effect of like uh what if you if you think you want to be able to stand and bang with me like you got the wrong guy or something? What did he say? I forget. Oh, I don't I don't know uh, exactly. I'm sure he said something like that. He said he just wants. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was delirious on meds. <laughs> no, <Nah>, I, <laughs> no, I haven't taken anything like that. Yeah, so great. We finally get that Greg Hardy uh, knockout you've been yearning for. <sighs> More please. <laughs> Him and now now we've got a Mount Rushmore starting to form. It's Tai Tuivasa. Up with Marcin Tabura. All right, <laughs> and I like it more. More of them. And my favorite finish was I don't even know how to. Say, they were saying it on the broadcast, and I still can't pronounce it. Zhalga Zumagulov. Yes, Zhalga Zumagulov uh, wins with a, a front choke or a ninja choke or whatever you want to say it, or guillotine even maybe. He bends the guy's neck, just cranking it. It's the most brutal. 
up choke, against the fence standing, yeah. Most brutal choke I've seen since Dan Miller did this in 2007 at an IFL event. Made the guy feel uh, hear his own heartbeat. It was pretty nasty, so, that one, absolutely. That, that reminded me of that, and I said, man, the first fight of the card, and I already got my favorite. It's going to be tough to Shout top. Out Dan Miller, <laughs> North Jersey. For sure. And his family. He's, he's, he's got a bunch of nice kids. Yeah, the Miller family, very, very, very good people. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. Real short one. Yeah. It's a quick one. Scott's a little under the weather, but we didn't really have that much to discuss. And uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday. Hopefully I'll bring the high energy for that. <laughs> Couldn't bring it today. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, we'll be looking ahead to uh, the next card at uh, UFC Apex. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.